Welcome to the Nat and Sarah Show, where we aim to touch, move, and inspire you every single week. Really? We're really going to introduce our own show? Maybe we should leave it to the pro. (laughs) Oh my gosh. Okay. One second, ladies. Here we go. Sarah Maxwell and Natalie Cook are experts in visualization and deliberate use of the law of attraction. As dynamic world athletes representing Canada and Australia in beach volleyball, they honed in on achievement at the highest level. Winning an Olympic gold medal on her home beach of Bondi is a pinnacle example. Their powerful techniques transmute the spiritual to the tangible, allowing thousands of their community members to bring their vision boards to life. Recently, they've taken their expertise on the road as the full-time family, where they inspire, coach, and lead people to create their unique, deliberate family life using a simplified three-step process. Welcome to the Nat and Sarah Show. Join us for twice-weekly episodes. Each week, Nat and Sarah will teach us how to deliberately create results in all areas of life using their unique three-step process. Not only that, they'll also sit down with some of their favorite high achievers who have manifested what most merely dream about. Are you a member of the community? Go to bit.ly slash the Nat and Sarah show to download your three-step journal to follow along with each workshop style teaching episode and get ready to take action on your inspirations. Hey dreamers, Sarah here. I thought full disclosure, I would let you know that I don't feel very well right now, but the good news is that I commit to acting as if I am vibrant, alive, and full of energy. And so I'm going to just allow that to come through me today. But I wanted you all to know that there is a real distinction about acceptance, acknowledgement about where things are in order to launch to that next place. So, you know, some of you think that Nat and I are happy, excitable every second. And I could tell you some stories about Nat not being so excitable all the time. Now, now, now. And I've just self-said about me. <laughs> so I had quite a weekend, lots of crying, lots of tears, and Nat was in London, which is awesome. So there's nothing like FaceTiming when you're having a little mini breakdown in the car. But you know what? Here I am, a little bit better, and i um, really excited to talk to you about today's topic. And that's what's great about relationships because I'm in London having an awesome time and Sarah's FaceTiming me really upset. So the balance of life is amazing. And then you think, I think, oh, maybe I shouldn't tell her how good it is going on over here and that some of the expansive thinking. And I actually got to hang out with Mark Livings, who we've already um, interviewed on this show. If you haven't gone and listen to the Mark Livings interview. He is a creative thought leader, innovative entrepreneur. And I got to hang out with him while he pitched some of his new startups. So I had an awesome weekend and poor Sarah was struggling. But wait, I want to say this about relationships because I think sometimes it is the the calling says, hey, maybe I should dumb it down. I don't want her to think I'm having a great time while she's suffering. But here's something that I learned early on is that there is no benefit of not lowering her vibration or her energy to match mine because the, my visual is like if I'm stuck down this deep, dark water well, which nobody ever talks about water wells anymore, but here we are. So here I am down in the deep depths of you know my own drama. What is the benefit of Nat coming down there with me? Then we're both screwed. We're both stuck down there, dark, horrible, 
and I can't even climb on her back and get out because it's too deep. So the best thing that can do is reach a hand down from her uplifted space and say, hey, I'm here for you. So, Nat, I'm glad you didn't do that. Yeah, well, for almost 20 years, this is good. This is good I content. Know. Who knew? For almost <laughs> 20 years, Sarah has held that space, right? <laughs> I actually indulge myself in the deep, dark well occasionally, and I sit there going, I actually like it here, leave me alone. No, and begs me to come in. Yeah, well, that, I'm finishing the rest <laughs> of the story. And Sarah's up the top holding the space of the light, saying, come to me, come to me. And I'm like, no, you come down here, right? So, and I never really got why she wouldn't. And she wouldn't. She would never come from her light down into the dark doldrums. She would actually hold that light space and wait for me to vibrate up to that level. And I think it's, it's um, whilst at the time I don't like that, um, misery... Loves company. Loves company. And, but I really do think it's changed my life too. So, Sarah, thank you. make me cry. Yeah. I'm having emotional. She's emotional. It's like I'm pregnant, but I'm so not. <laughs> because if you haven't figured it out yet, Nat and I have to work a little harder than most to have a baby. <laughs> so I definitely am not pregnant. It's but. not happening by accident. But also, like, being honest about that, Sarah, and how she feels right now, um, that we've done some shows where I felt bad and did it anyway because my uh, history is you just sort of suck it up and you don't show any weakness, but vulnerability and weakness, as Sarah taught me, that crying is not a weakness, right? And vulnerability is a real powerful thing. So whilst there's been shows where I just suck it up, I think being honest about where we're at right now um, is pretty powerful. So, And, wow, we are so talking about this topic. Um, but to me, now you just brought something up, there is a massive distinction between sucking it up and acceptance. And that's my challenge as well. I grew up in a suck it up household because like I have three brothers. And so if anybody used to get sick in our house, everybody used to just start being yelling at the other one, like they're faking mom. It's total bogus. They're not sick. So basically in our house, you either suck it up or you get like ragged into going to school. And so it's like, I fight against the whole suck it upness thing and being able to acknowledge something without dwelling like hello this is just like a tightrope so anyways Nat's been living with me and my deep thoughts for years and so Nat brings simplicity to our life and I bring complexity how lovely oh, what a balance <laughs> okay let's talk about Chris because yeah. he's too awesome too so, so that was unscripted <laughs> um unsolicited content right there that is life and I think that's awesome you know we've been so um hell-bent on delivering this awesome content and this awesome show and we prepare and do all that, and, and I think that five minutes right there is boom, shakalaka. And all people want to do is listen to the interview. So basically, let's hope they come listen to us. Yeah. Okay. Cool. So let's talk about the interview, because um, the second show in the week is reflecting on the amazing people that we interview at the start of the week. So we, this week, had a, a, an awesome entrepreneur that was at the start of the line when Uber launched and in technology... Um, Mr. Chris Saad, and Sarah, I have to go to this first, right? So first of all, if you haven't listened to the interview, you must. Yeah, it's... Gold, gold, yeah, gold. Amazing. And um, at the end of the interview, Sarah's all in her power and her element and in her openness, and she she's connecting with Chris, and she's like, Chris is talking about Star Trek. So for all you Trekkers out there, he is a Star Trekker. And Sarah goes, 
Well, he was referring to how it's kind of shaped his life. And if you sit there and if you could say there was a movie or a trilogy or a series um, that shaped your life, let us know in the Facebook group what that was because that is pretty cool. Like, so Sarah goes, yeah, that Nat had that too. She loves Star Trek. And so Chris was pumped and I've been to Chris's house and, and he, he has a lot of Trekker stuff, but he has, more importantly, Sarah, I need to tell you the distinction. Now, you're big on distinctions. <laughs> the distinction between Star Trek and my shaper, Star Wars. Same, same. No! <laughs> Blasphemy! Uh-oh. Okay, so I need my Star Wars fans to, to talk to me in the Facebook group. But there is a huge distinction. So my life shaper was Star Wars <laughs> and um, Luke the Jedi and Yoda and one of the – I'm not going to go into it in detail, but it really has shaped my life. And one of the philosophies um, that Yoda spoke of, and he was man of few words, green man, green little man of few words, funny looking, he would always say there is no try, there is only do, right? So I, through my life, I would stop – people try so hard that it actually doesn't happen. So I stopped trying. I actually just – did it, got shit done, right? So you don't try. But people go, I'm trying. It's like, stop trying and just do it. Doing. Don't tell them the name of the 12-week program. You just, like, reveal without meaning to. Yeah, well. Okay, sorry. Keep going, keep going. Sometimes it oozes out. Mm. So I just have to say, Chris, even though he's a Trekker, he's a Star Wars fan too because he has life-size R2-D2 and Stormtroopers in his house. And um, that is pretty cool. So so, so clearly my life was shaped by Shira. And Oprah. And, and Beaches, Bette Midler, and Oprah. Yeah. Okay, so, you know, we've had different <laughs> different trajectories. And Sarah's imposed the 25-year Oprah CD set on me, and I made her watch a few of Star Wars, Rocky, um, Superman oh. Oh, yeah, series. The Rocky series. The Ro- I made her watch some of that, so I guess we're even. Okay, so here's the deal. Why are we talking about entrepreneurs straight after the three-step process about manifestation? And... Nat just said it. There is no try. There is just do. And entrepreneurs that we are interviewing are in the doing space. They're not sitting on the sidelines of life watching it go by. You know, They are engaged in startups. They aren't talking about how cool Uber is now. They are creating Uber from the ground up. And you know, Chris Saad, the thing I love about him and when he talks about going to Silicon Valley, and immersing himself like that, you know, for many, many years, he was reading about it, hearing about it, and he thought that was enough. But this entrepreneur startup man, he went there. So entrepreneurialism to us is so important that we wanted to follow it up first to show, to kind of give you a vision and a hope that you too can be a doer and not just a trier. So, um, you know, we both learned so much from Chris Saad, seriously, um, sneaky, thing we actually did another interview because he was so good i want to talk about some other stuff with him that's coming later i know because there's too much stuff about him at uber that i wanted to anyway that's coming later so nat so you were really impacted so talk to us about how chris really spoke to you yeah well the nat and sarah show is about bringing your dreams to life right your dreams to life and if you can um use some of this entrepreneurial spirit that you pick up from the guys we are into, and girls, there's a girl coming. Um, if you can pick that up, the spirit, and apply that to your dreams, 
like huge, huge leverage, huge expansiveness, go to next level. So that's what I really loved about Chris and all of the um, entrepreneurs we're interviewing. As we talked about last week, Sarah and I really were picking one topic that we get from the interview and really deep diving and drilling down a little bit more because one of our mentors, David Wood, talks about that if you just get one thing from anything you do in life, one thing at a time, it's not about mass content, it's one thing, and then acting on it. So what Chris really talked about was rewriting the narrative. He used the word narrative. He used the word working on his next highest version of himself and vision of himself. Now, we talk about step one is creating your new life story. So that's exactly what Chris was talking about. And he said he's always working on his next highest version, which if we think of Apple and the iOS, we as humans have like a HOS, a human (laughs) operating system. And it needs updates too, right? Who's there to press? You know when you get that um, notification on your settings? This is clearly for the Apple users, but I'm sure there's an Android version. Um, You get a notification on your settings app icon that says you need a software update. And you press a button and it does it for you. But where is that on us humans? I'm just laughing because I realize that I resist touching that button. Because I don't want the software update. Is this telling me something? She never wants the update. And you know why? Don't tell them. Yeah, she's afraid. Because it breaks my phone. She's afraid there's a bug in there that's going to break the phone. Now, this is all about the narrative. Because (laughs) in Sarah's one, there's always a bug that breaks her phone. Because that's the story she tells herself. Hello. Hello. (laughs) This is everywhere. It never breaks my phone. Right? No brainer. Anyway, our human operating system, and you sit there and really reflect, does yours need an update? And I would say that 99.99% of you need an update. So you, the best part about this is you are in control of that. If you go to the Facebook page in the file section and print out step one, write, create your new life story, there is pages there for you to write. Right In episode five, we talk about creating a new life story. And some of the amazing people in our Facebook group, high five to Bromwin, who actually went and did that, and not only did that, posted it for everyone to read. Wow, courageous. Because other people have been doing it. It's really great. And it's not like head of the class because Bronwyn posted hers, but just she did, which is really courageous. Yeah, but it also shows too... One of the things I want to touch on is how to write this. Mm. And the way you write your new life story or you build your new narrative as if it's happening right now. Mm. So, you know, us humans are in a time-space reality and sometimes you have to wait for reality to catch up. There's a gap between what you think you'd like to have happen and it actually happening. And the manifestation of it... that the time between that, you get better at, right? Sometimes some of your dreams will take a little longer and other times you can like click your fingers and it is right there in front of you. You turn a corner and you'll be like, wow, can't believe it's that quick. So you write the story as if it's happening now, not in the future, because if you have 
it into the future, it will always stay at arm's distance. Mm. It will always set, be separate from you. Boom. Chakalaka. I like that. So if you take a step towards it, if you're still riding it like it's in the distance, it'll move away a step. Okay? So we're trying to collapse this on on each other and make it the vibration as if it's now. And Bronwyn did that really well. If you want to go on the Facebook group and have a look um, about her program of her retreats, painting, sculpturing, dancing, yoga, and she wrote it as if it was coming to fruition right now. And you get to live in that, in the moment. present moment, right in the moment. You get to feel it, live it. Um, and so, Sarah, I'll talk about that a little bit more because feeling uh, it and love it is a part also of what Chris said. But I've hogged okay, no, it good, today. Good. That was good because just give me a little gap here, Cook, because – I wanted to mention that with Bronwyn really writing it in the now space, this relationship with rereading your story. I loved when Jane Paluzzi said, you know, during the live, we with the lives are really great because people actually ask real questions and we get to find out where people are at, which we found out that a lot of people are staying kind of um, permanently located in the dreaming phase. <laughs> fearing that they don't know what their dream is specifically, so staying rooted there. And so I really kick some people's butt into, you know what, write the story. Get in the do, people. Let's go. So anyways, good on you, Jane. And one thing she said at the end of her story, she, or her post, she said, now to reread it or read it two times a day. So at the bottom of the file on um, creating a new life story, I really acknowledge or kind of like differentiate how you're reading the story. Because if you read this story like, I hope, 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 hope this happens because the way my life is going right now totally sucks and I need, 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 need this to happen, then you are reiterating or reinforcing the gap like Nat was just talking about. So I've been really, some of you know, I've been really getting into these podcasts with Eckhart Tolle and Oprah, there's the name again, um, on his book, A New Earth. And he speaks a lot about being in the present moment versus future pacing. And then I thought, oh my God, you know, how is creating your new life story? Like it's, it's sort of like a vision of the future. However, you write it, which is what we are encouraging. We want you to write it being fully aware and present now when you're writing it. Be fully there. So when you're rereading it, be fully in the experience of how good it feels to read this story that you created. If this is confusing, the thing you'll know is when you read it, if you feel good, you're on track. If you feel bad, you're not. Like, and just... Boom, kinda, that's it. Right that's there, it. that's Done. everything. Not only in rereading the story, your new life story, but as you go to take steps towards it, if you feel good, you're on the right track. If you don't feel good, you're not. Right? That is huge. Yeah, so we'll just leave it at that. Cool, Sarah. So one of the other things um, as we continue on with this whole theme about rewriting the narrative is Chris really talked about immersing yourself in it. So some people, again, with the arms, I've seen a lot of dreams, a lot of vision boards be at arm's distance. This is about bringing it into every single cell in your body. So it's not about going to Silicon Valley for a week or a couple of weeks. It's moving to Silicon Valley, right? Or going, he recommends if you have any interest in tech, any interest in that side of things, 
to move to Silicon Valley for at least one month, right? Most of us understand things on an academic and intellectual. There's a new word. Intergalactic. There you go. (laughs) Star Wars, it just every pore of my body. So most of us understand things academically or intellectually, and we often go and read and research and Dr. Google helps us, and we think we got it. But Chris talks about dramatically, dramatically increasing the understanding at a visceral, emotional, and practical level when you dive in to full immersion. He actually says it recalibrates the brain, right? And he thought he was working hard and working at a, excuse the pun, Uber level, (laughs) right, until he went to Silicon Valley, until he went to Uber, and he said he hasn't seen nothing like it. The pace and speed at which the synapses happen in the brain and you're expected to work at goes at a whole new level. So as you're sitting there for you, how could you immerse yourself into your dream right now? So with Bronwyn and all of her yoga and dance and painting retreats, it's like being researching some, going to some that she really likes, making notes, taking notes, be in it, be in, as Sarah just said, the present moment of someone else's space that's creating something you want and feeling it, washing yourself with it. I mean, for those that haven't heard my gold story, we immersed ourselves in golden things, sheets, um, sunglasses, cars, watches, Toasters, Ugg boots, clothes, palm olive gold soap I even washed in to really get it into every cell in the body. Now, you might think this is overkill, but it's not. Even Chris Sard said it. I didn't think of this when Chris was speaking, Nat, but now you've got me remembering that my high school volleyball coach told me this lesson about full immersion and surrounding yourself with the people that have done what you want to do. And that caused me to volunteer for the Olympic Games that were coming to North America. I was in Canada. And so I applied to be a volunteer in Atlanta. And I think it was like a year out. And ironically, now in reflection, I can say that the best thing you can do when you align to your new life story is that great things are going to happen. And, you know, I think we've told this in the intro show, but basically, without knowing it, I met Natalie, I met Nat, I met her brother, and I met her family. And I didn't know who they were. I didn't even know what role they were going to play in my new life story yet. However, I believe because I was aligned and tracking my passion and being really authentic with it, meaning being really in alignment with it, like honest with it, um, all of these amazing things happen. And we had a Canadian team that unexpectedly won a bronze medal in Atlanta, very first um, Olympics for beach volleyball. And those two guys, Mark and John, Marquis, John Child, became really good friends of mine later when I represented Canada for nine years myself. And at the time, I was like, the goo goo gaga, please can I have a photo with you, girl? Um, you know, but they became people that um, mentored me, but became my friends. So you just, when you're on track, you're on track and you got to trust that. That's a whole, I reckon there's a whole, a whole show, show I know. I didn't. in just your story about that, Sarah's mm. vision or dream to go to the Olympics, right? <laughs> this is about a whole new show on specificity. 
<laughs> she went to the Olympics as a volunteer. Three times. As a spectator. She went three times. She, she even has an Olympic gold medal in the cupboard at home. It's mine. Damn it's it. ours, right? This is a whole new story of specificity, but that's another show. So. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I know. That's quite ironic. So, um, okay. So Nat got to share. And look, I, you know, I had some things I wanted to insert, which Nat may too. But the thing that I really learned from Chris Saad, and it really spoke to me, was when he talked about the difference between small business and startup. Because I think I kind of layered them on top of each other. I didn't really understand the distinction. But when he talked about the hockey stick as a visual, maybe it's because I'm Canadian, but please say at least a field hockey stick. Or, yeah, you'll get it, right, if you're in Australia. So incremental change versus massive impact. I was like, oh, my God, I so get this. The difference between a small business and a startup. There is no righter one, gooder one, better one. That was good English. But the thing that I realized from what he said was that desire that Nat and I have to make a massive impact. And I have to say that over six and a half years ago, or maybe seven years now, when one of Nat's great friends that she went to physio school with started talking to her about network marketing, it was like, oh my God, throw up in my mouth. Like, no freaking way. And I just, like, rolled my eyes. Nat was a little bit more open. I was like, hell no. And the irony is such a strong response from someone who almost has zero experience. The experience I guess I had was my mom making comments about the Avon lady or maybe it was like those CDs that used to show up to the house for my brother and he got grounded because he couldn't cancel his subscription. I don't even know because that wasn't even network marketing. But here's the thing. Network marketing came into our life in the form of a health product. Like, thank goodness, because it came in the door of, hey, we want to be our healthiest versions of ourselves. We'll try this detox thing. Sweet. Took us a while to try it out, but when we did, it was just like transformed everything. Um, for me in particular, I'd always been a bigger athlete, a little bit bloated, never even wore a bathing suit in public till I was 18 years old. And so for me to have my body transformed was like battling every belief I had, hence like rewriting my story for myself and my body. So here's the thing though, when it came time for me to share this with other people, I wasn't really interested in sharing about protein powders or about, hey, look at this really cool detox drink. Like, that didn't get me up in the morning. What got me up in the morning was the fact that someone could transform their body, but bigger than that, their beliefs about themselves, that they could actually transform this long-held belief that it is the way it is. And so for me, I really, really identified with massive impact. And through network marketing, the model allowed us to make a massive hockey stick impact because of the, the system, the model of referral, the fact that we have a team of people that want to make a massive impact, not just me and Nat out on the streets giving out flyers about a detox. So this is something, you know, this idea between small business and startup, it, it really showed me that my heart is in massive impact, is in that startup space. So, you know, Chris, Thank you for that. You really kind of gave me some language around what was has been going on for Nat and I over the past six years, you know, 
Six of us started a little. Six, yeah. Six of us became, you know, healthy, and, and now 14,000. 14,000. But when you sit there, if we wind the clock back, I mean, hindsight's a wonderful thing. If you wind the clock back and you're sitting there thinking, you know, there's six of us doing it now, maybe we could get to a couple of hundred. <laughs> and then the leverage, the hockey stick, the leverage on the couple of hundred we can get to. What about if they got to a couple of hundred? That's how the progression of numbers works and exponentially now at 14,000 people impacted because firstly, we wanted to get our health right and then we realised how powerful it was. We wanted to help others get their health right. I mean, ever since I was a little girl, I've wanted to make a massive impact and leave the world a better place than I came into it, you know, be a contributor not not a taker, you know. So that dream has lived inside of me and it shaped itself in so many different ways. And so to me, to, to be able to like kind of put a business name on that, to have like economy around it is really exciting. So, And she thought she had to be Oprah, right? That was the, the tears when she watches Oprah because she wants to do what Oprah does, like her favorite things and and you want a car and you want a car. Yeah, giving things. Sarah would love to do that. And she thought she had to be a billionaire like Oprah. And instead, all we had to do is spread the good word of our health as we became healthy too. It's been and have a billion dollars to be able to give to other people. Yeah, that's, still that's coming. Right? Okay. It's coming. We, we support Haiti and your friend Jen in Haiti. And, <laughs> and we could, like all of that, the more you make, the more you give, can give, right? So... Tiny little extract on Chris's stuff too. One of the things that hit me was the influence his parents had, right? And some of you may have not had parents that have influenced you positive. Maybe they influence you negatively. And sometimes knowing what you don't want is just as powerful as knowing what you do want. So there's still an influence. It just depends on which way we take it, right? So whether it's your parents or whether it's an uncle or aunt or whether it's teachers or coaches, um, the influence of those people that are around you is just massive. The, what it creates with the possibility and even things like Star Wars, even a TV show, the influence that comes, what are you filling your life up with? What are you listening to right now? Hopefully it's the Nat and Sarah show and you continue to do that. But like Sarah said, she's listening to Oprah. Who are the people you are listening to and surrounding yourself with? And not smaller, but the Silicon Valley perspective that Chris shared about failure is an option. I mean, being able to reframe this idea around like risk and celebrating the going for itness over whether something works out or not. You know, I really got that this is why innovative, leading edge things are happening on the technology level in the Silicon Valley because failure is an option is what the leading edge people are living by. And I was like, OMG, you know. That's a new narrative, right, on failure. It's a new totally. narrative. It's a rewritten story on what failure means. Fail forward, fail fast. And celebrating the journey, not just the results, is pretty awesome. My friend, Dr. Jeff Spencer, who we're so going to interview because he's amazing, he has this thing called the Champion's Blueprint. And he says that, he talks about perfectionism and he said, and that would be my, um, my before affliction. Um, he said, you know, perfectionism is 
not focusing on the 90% that you did right, but obsessing on the 10% you didn't get right or that went wrong. And I thought, boom, like that is so the case. And he talked about going into an exam at the end of the year and instead of no, going, you know what? I got 90% of what I had to study. You can see the perfectionist studying all the way up until they walk into that exam. And that whole last hour as they're walking into the room is spent obsessing and focusing on the 10% they don't have. And I was like, oh my God, how did he know how I walked into my organic chemistry exam? Want, want, really bad result was my worst university result because that's what I was doing. I was totally freaked out on the 10% I didn't know. So failure as an option is a champion's blueprint, is a success criteria, says Silicon Valley. And so to summarize, if you didn't listen to Chris, you have to go back and listen to Chris. And even more importantly, going back to the three-step process and going through the worksheets. Because we have people joining our community every day, you know, um, at bit.ly slash the Nat and Sarah show. And they're always sort of like, okay, what do I do? And the first thing that we encourage them is we say, okay, subscribe to the podcast. And I really recommend that you start on step one, you know, or that pre-step because dreaming is where it all starts. So look, you can do it however you want. However, it was designed sequentially because we thought, hey, one thing does follow the next. So we encourage you to actively listen, especially when you're listening to interviews, to really think, how does this apply to my life? How is this, um, how is this, yeah, how is this applicable for me? So thank you so much. Over and out from Good the job, Nat Sarah. Sarah Show. Got there. Doing it anyway. Boop. See you next time. Thank you so much for listening to the show. Don't forget to join the community at bit.ly slash the Nat and Sarah show to download your three-step journal and participate in weekly lives found only in our private group. Hold on, hold on, hold on. You've got to rate and review the show. And I know all the podcasts are always asking this. And in the past, I wasn't doing it. And the reason I wasn't doing it is because I actually didn't know how to do it. So open your podcast player and click on our show from your library, not the listen now. That's where I was going wrong in the past. So now that you know how to do it, when you go there, make sure you give us a five-star review. Five stars, five stars, five stars. And then click on write a review link to actually write a review so that you can tell other people that we're legit and even funny, maybe a bit serious. So if you want to recommend this to someone, you have to... Put your fingers on the keys and send us a review. Thanks.